Hello and hello and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. I am LaTanya Hendry and I am so excited about today's guest and her. She's getting her story out and really, really getting in depth about an occurrence that happened in her life. But before we get to her story, I would just like to thank my listeners for the overwhelming show of support for last week's episode when I shared what was going on with my best friend who has passed on. And to be honest, I recorded it, but my mind, my feelings, everything that I had in me, my emotions, everything was just in that moment of just getting it out and being able to be understood about how I was feeling, how hurt her son was, how hurt her sister was, how hurt her family was, how hurt I was to be going through this um, after we had did our part. Um, But I'm happy to say that the next day that she was sent to the crematory to um, get cremated. So I am so, I I mean, I, I was just overwhelmed with how things began to take off, how quickly God moved in that area to um, comfort our hearts and get that process going. So I am happy that I followed the unction of the Holy Spirit and did not call the name of that funeral home um, because they seem to be trying to correct the error and get things on track with my friend. So I am pleased so far with the progress of how things are going and actually by the time this episode hits we probably will have already had more things in place i'm recording this on a sunday so um my guest could not record during the week because of her work schedule so we recorded this on sunday so by wednesday prayerfully things will be have sped up and we're able to get some solid footing under us so what I wanted to just thank you all because for the first time it was so many emails that I'm still haven't read all of them and that's the first time this has happened I've always been able to get through the emails um not going through them fast but just able to absorb what the sender is trying to relate to me but I think with my emotions and everything that I was going through, um, just trying to absorb the sentiment, some listeners were angry. Some listeners were very compassionate. Some just was offering, what can we do? And it was just beautiful to see that people that don't even know you can reach out and have compassion for a situation. So I'm still catching up on those emails I, I i've narrowed it down a good bit I, I put a big dent in it but usually by sunday no later than monday of the next week i'm usually through with emails and I, i'm today is sunday and i'm not through so i am gonna delve in because before this episode hits i want to be through with all the emails and just I, i'm just overwhelmed with gratitude and thanks for you all sharing your heart about a situation that most of you said you're familiar with especially with losing someone that's close to you via a family member a close friend a co-worker 
that hurt hurts. So I thank you all for sharing, being willing to just put it out there, put your emotions out there, put your feelings out there, and just be of help to someone because that day when I recorded, well, that night when I recorded that episode, I was broken. I was such a hurt person. And we all lose loved ones. We all have experienced a death and a passing. But when things are unresolved, it's hard to grieve when you're still trying to figure it out. And when things go awry, like how they were going, it just really threw me for a loophole. But I'm glad my listeners did not flip that on me and try to make it a negative because I am human and I have emotions and I was vulnerable that night. But I'm thankful that the very next day things were put into place and implemented to where we can get the ball rolling in a positive direction. So I am thankful for that and thankful for you all as well. God bless you. I also wanted to announce, and I'm saying this in the um, present tone of Wednesday, but Thursday, August 25th at 1 p.m., I will be a guest on the Invest in Yourself podcast. I will be a guest at 1 p.m. on the Invest in Yourself podcast. I am so excited about this opportunity. I love to tell the story of how I got into podcasting. And it was purely coincidental. I have no I had no thoughts of getting into this genre because I was already doing some things, but an opportunity arose and I was able to break into the format of podcasting. Was nervous at first. That first year was kind of shaky, but the more I did it, I, I began to not look at it as doing something, but look at it as connecting with people and sharing a piece of myself and having people on that sharing a piece of themselves. So when I began to look at it differently, things just flowed a little better and we were able to have a conversation instead of me doing a question answer question answer interview so it's just been a wonderful process and I'm looking forward to being a guest on the invest in yourself podcast Thursday 8 August 25th at 1 p.m try to catch it now my guest today is an From what I read from her bio, she seems to be such a wonderful, wonderful lady with a calming spirit. Just through reading a bio, you can kind of get the gist of who someone is. So I am really, really excited about her interview today and about where this is going and the the experience that she's going to get out because honestly I don't know what it is yet I'm recording this before the interview but um just looking forward to what she has to say just based on the bio so um she has been married to her high school sweetheart Robert Lloyd for 34 years and they have been together for 41 years Together, they have three kids and seven grandkids. She graduated from Vintage Bible College in 2008 and was also ordained as a minister in 2008 as well. In 2016, she led a grief share class until 2018. She currently teaches a women's Bible study called War, Women Are Rubies, via Zoom on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. She is the president 
of the first African-American Christian sorority in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And the name of that sorority is Alpha, Alpha, Gamma, Psi, WS, Theta, Nu. That's Alpha, Alpha, Gamma, Psi, WS, Theta, Nu. She is an intercessor and believes in the power of God. Her number one love is God, who is first in her life. She loves getting out of the four walls of the church and sharing the gospel to others. Her goal is to let her light shine so that others can see God in her and through her. So without further ado, I want to prepare us for our guest for today. Her name is Gloria Lloyd. So y'all know the routine. We got to take a break. Um, Just get ready to absorb what the woman of God has to say as she gets into her story. So go get a latte. If you just got some ice water in the refrigerator, go get some ice water or just some cold water because down here in the South is hot. So wherever you are, get the drink that will make you feel comfortable and settle you in your spirit. So when we come back, we're going to get into the conversation with Gloria Lloyd. So be sure to come back. Eccentric Studio One Art Gallery and Boutique is located at 309 West Julian Street in beautiful City Market right above Belfort's. Their number is 912-272-0085. Eccentric Studio, the number one, dot com is the website. Shop local down here in the heart of Savannah's City Market. The multifaceted art gallery and boutique offers an array of handmade gifts from fine art, custom wood decor, boho and Afrocentric jewelry, to hand-poured candles, scented shea butters, and more. The artist owners would love to share their gifts with you. Visit their art gallery and boutique to shop their eccentric collection. They offer 10% off to total purchase for locals and military. So visit Eccentric Studio One in beautiful City Market. Their number is 912-272-0085. Website is eccentricstudio1.com. The art gallery that offers so much more. Hello and welcome to the A Woman's Soul Restored podcast. My name is LaTanya Hendry and my guest today is Gloria Lloyd. How are you today, Gloria? I am well. How are you today? Oh, I am well and you sound well and chipper. Glad to hear you. Yes, ma'am. You too. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into your story, I would just like you to tell a little bit about yourself, where you're from and any little details you want us to know before you get into your story? Okay. My name is Gloria Lloyd, and I am from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, I have been married to my husband for 34 years. We have three kids and six grandkids. We love to travel, and just we're all about family. Um, we love the Lord. 
Awesome, awesome. Winston Salem. Uh, my husband drives trucks, so once upon a time I used to ride with him, and we've been through Winston Salem a few times. Okay. <laughs> beautiful city, beautiful city. Um, and and before we get started, I want to commend you and your husband because you don't hear those stories anymore about people marrying their high school sweetheart, let alone still being married for 41 years. That's an awesome long time. Yeah, yes, ma'am. We've been together 41 years and we've been married for 34. 34. Okay. That, that's, that's, that's a long time. That's long longevity right there. That's the blessing of the Lord. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I... My, I have a very intriguing audience because they know the type of podcast this is. We talk about trauma and grief and those things that, you know, may trouble the spirit at times. So today you have a very interesting story about an illness and how you almost died. So I, however you want to start, if you want to pray before you start, however you want to do it, I'm going to turn it over into your hands and, and you could just um, begin to tell your story however you want to tell it. Okay. Well, like I said, I love to travel and I, what I do is I host bus trips. So due to COVID, we hadn't been able to do any bus trips for the last two years. Right. So this year we were able to finally, you know, go on a trip and we decided that we was going to go to the Cape Cod Martha Bingus area. Oh. So we left out on a Sunday morning and I was doing good. My body felt good, you know, so I thought. And, uh, the only thing about it was I was just a little bit thirsty and I just had a little bit dry mouth. But I wasn't thinking anything was wrong with me. Uh, oh. So I just kept it moving. I got on the bus like I normally do and uh, greeted my group and you know we talked with each other and i just want to make sure everybody was comfortable and had the right seats and everything and, yes. and then before we take off i normally do a prayer so we prayed and everything and and you know that was it and i, and I said you know hey look since it's sunday morning i'm let everybody get some rest i know we got up early to catch the bus and so let's just you know get some rest and i come some movies or music whatever y'all want to do later on right. so i sat down just like everybody else was sitting and I took me a little nap. I woke up and I was my mouth was real dry. And I told oh. my I said, you know, I'm real thirsty and I don't know why. But I, I asked him, you know, give me a bottle of water because we brought plenty of snacks and plenty of water and drinks on the bus for everybody. Right. So he gave me a bottle of water and I drank that like it was no problem. And then I told him, I said, you know what, that didn't do it for me. I just need another bottle of water. So mm. he gave me another bottle. He said, now you better stop doing that before you have to go to the bathroom. Right, And I said, well, you know, the bus stops every two to three hours, so I should be good in between. Because okay. I've always been good in between, never had any problems on the bus. Right, right. Or having to go to the, you know, the bathroom on the bus. Well, this particular time, I, I asked my husband, I said, well, if you ask the bus driver, it's about time for us to stop, because I think it's close to our three hours. Well, we was in the middle of nowhere, and he said, you know, we don't want to stop anywhere right now. I need to get us to a safe place to stop. So I told my husband, I said, you know, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. I said, you know, I don't use the bathroom on the buses or the planes like that because right. it's so close and confined areas. Right. I just don't like doing it. Uh, I said, but I'm just going to have to do it. So I went to the bathroom and I came back and I said, well, give me another bottle of water. I was just drinking the whole way on on the trip, just drinking. Mm. drinking. And, you know, I'm I'm still not thinking anything wrong with right. anything like that. So we, we finally get to our destination. Um, well, we we always stay overnight at a um, city. 
because we sometimes we don't have enough people on the bus, then we merge with another group. So we had to go pick up another group in Maryland, and we picked them up Monday, but we stayed overnight in Maryland so we can go around the corner and pick them up to go here to our destination. Okay. And plus, um, as drivers, the bus drivers have to stop at a certain time because they can only drive so many hours. Right. So he stopped and everything, and I still, you know, we went to eat, and I was okay. At this point of time, I could taste food, just still a little bit thirsty. So the next day I got up, I was feeling pretty good. That was Monday, you know, and we headed on to Martha's Vineyard and we made it there. And um, when we got there, we ate dinner and, and had our lunch earlier and ate dinner and everything. I was still pretty good. Like I said, still just thirsty, not understanding why I was thirsty. I was like, I'm still not understanding why I'm so thirsty. Mm. But by this point, my mouth started getting like, it got so dry where it was like closed shut. And I forced it open. I was like, what is going on with me? And um, I was telling my husband about it. He said, well, I don't know. You might need to go to the doctor when you go back. I said, yeah, I'll check the doctor. I'll call the doctor and make an appointment. So when we get back, you know, I have an appointment set up. Right. So at that time, by then, food, when when I was eating, the food wasn't tasting good. And I was Mm -hmm. like, my food don't taste right. So, um. I'm just still thinking, you know, I'm good, I'm good. Right. So we're up in Marcus Vineyard, you know, and, and we're, I'm feeling good. Just feeling at this point kind of tired a little bit. I'm getting kind of tired now and uh, hot. And I said, well, it must just be the heat, you know. Right. So we, we kept on going for a couple of days. And, and like I said, I'm still trying to eat food. And finally, I told my husband, because he was saying how good his food was. And I'm looking at him like, are you crazy? Because this food does not taste good. <laughs> so I said, can you taste my food? Maybe it's, you know, the, the stuff I'm ordering. Right. So he, he tastes my food and he's like, your food tastes really good. Mm. And I'm looking at him like, you have got to be out of your mind. It has no seasoning. It has no nothing on it. He's like, no, I think something wrong with your taste buds at this point. Wow. So um, I'm thinking, well, okay, well, maybe maybe it's just me. You know, I said, I'm, I'm very particular about the foods I eat and everything. Right. So Thursday, around Thursday evening, I started getting tired. I told my husband, I said, I'm really tired. And I love to shop. And when we on trips and I like to buy uh, souvenirs for my family and everything for my kids when I come back and grandkids. But uh, this particular day, they was going shopping for souvenirs. And, and I told them, I said, look, just drop me off at the hotel. I just need to rest. I'm tired. I don't care nothing about shopping. So my husband looked at me like, okay, yeah, you something is really wrong with you now if you don't want to shop. Right, right. So I, I told him, I said, you go shopping for me. Now, I don't tell him to go shopping for me because I know he don't know how to pick out things. <laughs> Most men don't. <laughs> And, and so he said, well, what you want me to bring? I said, I don't care what you bring. Bring some keychains back. I don't care at this point. I said, because I'm not feeling well, and I just need to lay down. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, while I'm out, I'm going to get you some Gatorade. And maybe the Gatorade will help you, you know, put the electrolytes back in your body. Maybe right. you got dehydrated. I said, okay. And he said, and I'm going to buy you some mouthwash, too, you know, something for dryness. I said, yeah, maybe that'll help, too. So he goes to the store, you know, while they was out and everything, and he buys this. And, he comes back with the um, Gatorade and the mouthwash. And, you know, I gargle out with that. And um, then I drank the Gatorade. Well, right. like I said, that was on Thursday night. And I was up all night long just drinking because I was just so thirsty. And I couldn't get any sleep. I, I was just restless. 
because every time I turned around, my mouth was just feeling so dry and I just felt so tired. Mm-hmm. So I, I got up and I, I drank the Gatorade. And of course, the more I was drinking, the more I was going to the bathroom. Oh, wow. So it was like the more I was put in me, the more it was going back out of me. Right. I just couldn't understand. I was like, wow, every time I drink, I just got to go to the bathroom so much. I'm not understanding why I'm having to urinate so much. So the mouthwash didn't do anything either. So Friday morning when we got up, uh, we went to breakfast and everything. Because uh, that was our day to head back home. Okay. And dropped the other group off. So okay. uh, my husband asked me, he said, how are you feeling? I said, I'm, I'm real tired. And I said, I just don't want to eat anything. I'm, I said, I'm just, I'm just ready to go home at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, okay. So we got on the bus and, and so the uh, other group I was with, they said, do you want to pray? And I said, no, ma'am, I don't feel like praying. I just want to sit here. I don't want to move. I just don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so my husband's looking at me. He's like, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But by this time, I started getting real shortness of breath. Oh, wow. So I was like, uh, yeah, I'm fine. Just you know, now, at this point, I wanted him to stop asking me, was I okay? Right. Because I was like, he about to get on my nerves right now, and I just can't deal with. I'm getting frustrated at, with with whatever's going on in my body. Right. Right. And um, so we drove. We started driving down the road a little bit and everything. And and my husband kept looking back, and he said he kept asking me, "Am I okay?" I said, "Just give me some water." And I had a wet rag, and I kept put, patting it on my face because I was feeling really clammy and everything and and I was like I'll be okay just give me some water let me just get some rest you know so he looked back at me again and he was like I'm not thinking you're okay I think you need to call your doctor Mm. and so he he told me you know go on my phone to call my doctor right so um at this point I started losing consciousness evidently I didn't know what was going on with me I can't tell you what happened after this and now I'm going to tell you what my husband said happened after this point he said that I kept trying to go in the phone to call the doctor, but I couldn't push. It was like I was trying to push my phone up to put in my passcode, and right. I couldn't get the phone to go up. And I dropped the phone on the floor. So mm. he looked down at me, and my rings was falling off my hand because oh my. my hands had started shriveling up. He said they started turning blue. Oh, jeez. So he told my brother-in-law to run up there and tell the bus driver even though we was about two seats away from the bus driver, he had my brother-in-law go up there and whisper to the bus driver, you need to get us to the emergency room and get us to the emergency room now. Like exactly. I said, this, this is exactly, this is what my husband told me happened. Mm. And so we were stuck between Rhode Island and New York, he said, at the time. So wow. we were stuck in traffic, he said, it's estimated about three hours traffic if we was going forward, forward to New York. If we decided to turn around and go back, we had an hour's drive back to Rhode Island. So we okay. was just stuck in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So the bus driver, he said, looked on his GPS and found a clinic that might have been close by. Okay. So the bus driver pulled off the shoulder of the highway and drove all the way down the shoulder of the highway mm. to find an exit and pulled okay. off on that exit. And that was the exit to the clinic. Okay. Well, when they got me to the clinic, um, my husband said that they, the clinic came out and they said, well, we're not a hospital. She needs to go to the hospital. So we will call an ambulance and the ambulance should be right here. And then they could take her to the hospital. Where the ambulance came, my husband said they got me off the bus because he was like, do you remember getting off the bus or anything? I said, no, I don't remember anything. Mm. So they got me off the bus 
and they put me in the ambulance. So he rode up front and I was in the back, but he said he could see them working on me. He said they was working on me and just working on me. Oh, Jesus. So at this time I was, I was in and out, he said, in and out of consciousness. And he didn't know what was going on. So when they got me to the hospital, they told my husband that my sugar level had went to 957. Oh my God. So at this time, I had went into uh, something that they call like a diabetic keto acid. I can't say the name. It's diabetic ketoacidosis. Ketoacidosis. Yeah. Yes. Diabetic ketoacidosis. Yes, ma'am. Which they call a DKA. Yes. that's what I had it. And they said this condition is like a serious diabetic uh, condition because this is where the body produces like excess body acids and ketones. Right. And right. that um, my body wasn't producing enough insulin in my body at the time. Mm. And it could have been triggered by anything, by stress or illness or anything. They don't know what really caused me to have it. And see, a, a lot of times people say when, when you know, you have something like this it's because of something you ate or you know you wasn't doing right, right. but the doctor said mine did not even stimulate from that because i wasn't putting anything in my body at the time mm. Mm. Lord. so um and like i said this was on the friday this was friday morning he said we arrived at the hospital about 10 o'clock so they took me in in uh the emergency room and, and was working on me my husband said at this time everything every part of my body was shutting down from my mm-hmm. heart to my kidneys uh my pancreas had shut down he said everything was shutting down and they was just working on me and working on me because they thought i was having a heart attack and so they just started doing all kind of stuff and just putting machines on me and and he's asking what's going on and they they're not saying anything to him at this time wow so he said at this point it wasn't looking good you know the doctors was like it's not looking good that's all we can tell you Mm. So we're we're up at Connecticut. They took us to a hospital, uh, New London, Connecticut. Is where they took us to. Okay. So my husband didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody in Connecticut. So he didn't know anybody to call or anything. And he's having to call the family here in North Carolina and tell them what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he said he he called my daughter and you know immediately she's she, you know she's a prayer warrior even though she knows to pray and everything because. We raised our kids to be prayer warriors. Amen. You know, we raised them up in the church and everything. Yes. He's he's praying, but you know, sometimes when you by yourself, you just don't know what to do. So you call somebody else. That's right. So he said he called my daughter and immediately they start praying, but she's getting upset because she's way down here and we're way up there. And right. she's trying to figure out how in the world she's gonna get up there. So she mm-hmm. calls her brothers and her brother's upset, you know, and um, my husband said he told him he said look I don't want y'all up here or trying to come up here he said because I don't know what's happening I don't want y'all to see your mom like this he said because right now she's on the bed like this he wow. said it's not a good sight to see he said I don't even want to see this so I don't want y'all to see this you know as her kids because I know she wouldn't want you all to see her like this right right so that was like I said Friday and he said Friday night, my husband said Friday night, he got on the elevator, you know, to um to go downstairs, just take him a smoke and everything, because he was just getting upset at the time. He didn't know what else to do. Yes. So as he was getting on the elevator, it was a lady getting on the elevator with him. And 
she said, hello, how are you? And, and, she, and he said to the lady, he said, it's been a long day. Mm. So she said, I'm sorry to hear that. So they got on the elevator and they rolled down the elevator together. She got ready to get off the elevator and go her way. And then he got ready to go his way. Right. But this woman turned around and asked him, she said, excuse me, do you mind if I pray for you? Mm. And he mm. said, no, ma'am. He said, I need the prayer. Thank you. So she, she prayed with him and then she told him that she was a pastor. Mm. And then she told him that her husband was a pastor and that they exchanged numbers and she was going to go home and tell her husband about, you know, what was going on with me and everything. Right. And to have him pray. Mm. So he said, Friday, the pastor made contact with him and Saturday, the pastor made contact with him because I was out, I was in ICU for two and a half days. Oh, wow. So I didn't know what was going on. I didn't come to until Sunday morning. So uh, Sunday morning, I woke up and um, my husband wasn't there, but the doctor had came in and he said, well, hello, finally you woke up. Mm. And I'm looking like, well, where am I at? Because I don't know where in the world am I at and what is going on here. Right, right. And he said, well, you know, your husband saved your life. He said, well, it wasn't for your husband. You wouldn't be here today. Mm. He said, so your husband acted fast in a hurry and got you to the mercy home yeah. so that we can work on you. And I'm looking at him like, well, what happened? Why am I here? He said, well, another 30 minutes later, if your husband had waited, you would have been dead. You wouldn't have been here. Jesus. And that's when he explained to me about, you know, the DKA and right. what happened and how every organ in my body had shut down. And I was like, oh my God. I said, I had no idea what was going on. He said, no. You, he said, we worked on you and the ambulance drivers talked to you to make sure that you didn't fall asleep in the ambulance because they were scared that if you had fell asleep, you would have went into a coma mm. and you wouldn't have woke up. So they worked, like my husband said, they worked on me in the ambulance and they kept talking to me and just, you know, trying to keep me alert. Right, right, right. Wow. So. Um, my husband wasn't in the room um, when the doctor came in. So when when my husband came back, he was running in the room with his cell phone, and he had somebody on the phone. And he said, "I have a pastor uh, on the phone wanting to talk to you." And mm. I'm looking at him like, "Who is this pastor? And, and and what are you talking about?" So he said, "Well, the pastor wants you to get on their Facebook page." Well, I'm still kind of delirious and still not understanding what is going on at this time. Right, right. And my vision was gone. I really couldn't see anything because the DKA had started affecting, you know, a lot of stuff on my, you know, my brain, my eyesight, my everything. Yes. yes. So I had I had blurry, uh, blurriness of the vision where I couldn't see anything. Mm. And actually my vision just started coming back uh, about last week. So it's been about three or four weeks since I really couldn't see a whole lot of things. Wow. Wow. So uh, I told my husband, I said, I, I can't comprehend what you're telling me to do, so I can't do it. So the pastor heard me say this, and he said, it's okay. Just keep on the phone, and my church wants to pray for you. Mm. Uh, the, it was a church up in New, New uh, up in Connecticut, in okay. Groton, Connecticut, I think it was. But um, And it's called New Life Christian Fellowship. So these past the pastor and his church, the people prayed for us and everything. And then while they was on the phone, the pastor, you know, told his congregation, he said, these people did not ask for this to happen. This was just an unusual circumstance that happened to them. They was on a trip, traveling, just trying to enjoy themselves. 
and the wife just fell, you know, sick to illness. So he said, so we want to bless these people. Mm. So we would like to take up a collection. Mm. Praise so God. After, after they prayed, they took up a collection for $600. My God. Mm. And, and the pastor said, if you're in your room, is it okay if we come over to see you? And I said, well, sure, that that, that would be fine because I'm still trying to figure out who would have my husband talk to and who would right, have to make right, contact to somebody right. in Connecticut because we're right. not going to fight. Mm. So um, that evening, the doctor came back in and was just talking to us. And, and my husband, you know, he was just saying, uh, he was thanking the doctor because he said, I thank you all for taking care of my wife and taking care of me because I knew nobody up here. I didn't have transportation. He said, I had money, you know, to go get a room, but then I would have had to spend money to come back, you know, transportation, get back to the hospital. Back right. right. So the doctor said, no, we're not going to let you leave. We're going to let you stay here and we're going to take care of you just like we take care of your wife. Wow. Because you didn't ask for this to happen. And he said, we know that due to COVID protocol, you're not supposed to stay here, but we're not going to put you out of here because mm. we wouldn't want you to have to pay for a hotel room and pay for transportation as well. Mm. And then mm. you have to buy food, you know, to eat. And exactly. Right. So the people in the cafeteria start being very nice to my husband. They start helping him and cutting discounts for him. You wow. know, so he wouldn't have to buy the food at full price and everything. Yes, yes, yes. Where by that time, the pastor's name had came over uh, and everything. And, and when the pastor and his wife came in, immediately I could feel the spirit of God. Mm. When his wife first came in, she said, oh, my God. Because she looked at me and I looked at her. And she looked like me and I looked like her. And she was like, oh, wow. you could be my daughter. And mm. I'm looking at her like, I sure could. Oh, my God. This is just like crazy that we look alike. Wow. And then I looked at the pastor, and the pastor looked like my husband. Mm, mm. I said, oh, except for the pastor was much taller, you know, than my husband. But I was okay. like, we look alike. What is going on here, God? I mean, I'm not understanding this. My <laughs> God. Mm. But like I said, the spirit of God came into that room, and I could feel it in my belly. Like it was like my belly was just jumping with the Holy Spirit when me mm. and her met. I was like, I know this is nobody but God that came. Yes, yes, Jesus. So mm. and they wanted to pray for me. They prayed and they said, "Well, can we do communion?" I said, "Sure, we can." You know, and everything. And they did communion with us, and and um, that's when they gave us the money. They said, "Well, our church collected this, and we just want to be a blessing to you all." Amen. So, um, and, and we thanked them, and, and so um, the pastor, um, pastor, his name is Pastor Johnny Burns, and his wife is Pastor Sharon Burns, and they asked, um, was there anything else they could do for us? Well, I knew the hospital, the food wasn't that good. Uh, and I said, well, Pastor, you know, my husband haven't eaten. If you could take him, I said, he has money. If you could take him to go get something to eat. So he said, well, I have to run by... Um, one of our church members' house, but I will stop and get him something to eat, and I'll bring it back. Mm. And I tell you, when the pastor did that, he he went to Popeyes, and I think he tried to buy up the whole Popeyes. Wow! Because wow! He wow! So much food back. I said, "Well, who do you think is going to eat this food?" <laughs> so my husband said, "I don't know." <laughs> I said, "Well, praise God anyway." So we thank God that you got food for the next couple of days. And you get yes. Food, you know, and everything. Amen. And and so the pastor called us that evening, you know, just to check on me and say, and he said, you know, just let us know how things are going, uh, what the doctor says when he come back in, if they're going to let you go home and when they're going to let you go home and everything. Right. 
Well, Monday was going to be the 4th of July. So I figured pretty much we wasn't going to get out of there because that was the 4th of July. And if we did get out, we probably wouldn't be able to find any kind of transportation to get back home. Right. And me and my husband just talking about the heaps like, well, you know, we got to just figure out how we're going to get you home because you're too sick to get on the bus. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't really want you back on the bus again right now. And right, he said, right. And a train would take just as long, and I don't really want you on the train. See, he was trying to go around everything because he's not a uh, plane rider. Okay. So finally he said, well, you know what? I'm going to have to do what I got to do and just mm. get on the plane. Mm. I said, you know, we'll, we'll just have our daughter start looking us up some plane tickets to see, you know, about going home. Because we have the money, you know, the $600. I said, I think we we good with that and we can go home, you know, yes. with this. Yes. Get us a plane ticket. Mm. So Monday morning, the pastor called and, and asked, you know, the doctor came in and he said, well, your numbers have not gone down and, you know, your potassium is still kind of low. Uh-huh. So we need to start doing something for your potassium. And he said, at this point, we're going to have to start putting you on high doses of insulin. Mm. So they start putting me on the highest doses, which I was taking like 600, I mean, not 600, 36 units in the morning and another 36 units at night. Oh, Plus, God. I was having to take um, a metform pill oh, yeah. and one at night. Mm. And like I said, they was coming in, still giving me stuff for, um, they was giving me nitroglycerin and potassium pills and just everything. They said, we're kind of, your, your urine's not looking right. It's kind of cloudy. So we're kind of worried about the pancreas because we think it's shutting down. And I was like, oh my God, wow. I just can't go to this. I just don't want nothing to shut down. Right. And, you know, I just began to pray because I was like, God, I, I never want to ever give myself shots. Because mm. uh, my mother was a diabetic, so I know what she went through. Um, having to give herself shots, and I never want to ever have to do that. Yeah. Because uh, I can never give my mother shots. When I had to give it one time, it scared me so bad. And I, and I said, God, I don't never want to have to do this to myself. Mm. So mm. the doctor said, well, I'm, I'm afraid that this, you're going to have to start giving yourself shots at this point. And I, I just shook my head like, I just can't do this, God. I'm just not going to be able to do this. Jesus. So I, I, I told my husband, I said, you're going to have to be the one to do this. I said, because I, I'm telling you, I'm not the one to do this to myself. So, of course, my husband said, well, I will try to help you out, you know, as much as you can. But, you know, you're going to have to get out the stage now because this is going to be your lifestyle for a while. Right, right. So, I said, well, you know, you, you help me through this and maybe I'll get used to doing this one day. I said, but right now, that's not in my mindset. So, mm. so like I said, the pastor called and asked, you know, what was going on. And uh, we told him they wasn't going to let me go home yet because they still had to run some more tests on me. So he said, well, okay. Um, I have my everybody on standby. I told people, you know, family was coming in. I told them, look, we had a situation come through here. And I can't do anything until you all are released from the hospital. Yeah. I feel yes. mandated. He said, God told me that um, I have been mandated mm. to help you all. So I talk, I tell my husband all the time we talk about it, I said, you know, I, I see this as the handoff of God. Yeah. I said, because yeah. God took care of me. He kept me from, you know, from taking me away from here. He kept me from, you know, not dying. I said, those 30 minutes made a big difference in my life. Mm. I said, so then God put me in an area. He put me in one of the top hospitals there was with the best doctors who took the best care of me there. Praise I mean, they, just, they took care of me from every part of my body. They went over everything to make sure nothing had shut down. And if it was shut down, they started working on it immediately. 
then to put me in the hands of this pastor and his wife and their mm-hmm. children. So that's why I call it a handoff from God. Yeah, like, yeah. You put me. You just kept your hands on me, and you put me in good care with these pastors. So I thank God for that. So the the pastor said, "I told my family, you know, we're not doing anything right now because I need to take care of you all." Mm. So he asked us, "Did we need anything?" I said, "Well, I know my husband sent all our luggage with my sister, you know, on the bus, so he has nothing to wear." So the pastor said, well, I will come by and get him. Wow. And then I'll take him to the store and, you know, get him what he needs. And at this time, my husband had the money, like I said, to, to buy this and everything. Right. So he go to the store and he said, the pastor start putting stuff in the bag, like get this and get that. And he's like, pastor, I'm good. I just came for a few things and I, I, I'm good. He mm. said, well, I didn't ask you if he was good, you know. Mm. The pastor paid for <laughs> everything that he needed at the store. Oh, wow. And stopped him and said, well, you know, um, my husband said, well, I need to get some food before I go back. So he said, well, we'll go and get you some food and everything. So they went to, uh, I don't know, it was a steak place. And, and so he ordered, uh, my husband ordered uh, half a rack of lamb, I mean ribs. And so the pastor told me, he said, well, why would you order half a rack when you can get a whole thing? He said, that's what I'm going to do, you know. Mm. And he said, he just looked at the pastor like, you know, I'm watching my money here because I got to figure out, you know, make sure we got enough to get home. So here again, the pastor was like, I didn't ask you for any money. So wow, the pastor paid for his food and everything. And then um, he drops my husband off at the hospital and my husband comes in. He just tell me how, how the pastor was and, you know, how they had bond and they laughed and they talked and just, they immediately just became, they just have become friends Wow, and everything. Wow. So and then Monday evening, the pastor called us back, and he said, "Well, me and my wife was talking. We decided that we want to buy y'all plane tickets. Jesus, to, to go home." And I'm looking mm. at my husband. And my husband looked at me, and we was like, "We are good. You gave us this money, so we're good." He said, "We did not ask you that." He said, "This <laughs> is something that God has put on our heart, and we would like to do this for you all." Glory, glory. So, and that's all I can say. Well, God, I just thank you because you are an awesome God. You are on time, God, and you have just been taking care of us. My God. Thank you, Jesus. So, mm. that was uh, Monday night, and he said, I'm going to call you all tomorrow. You let me know what's going on because I'm on hold for you, and I'm not going to do anything until you till you all move. Wow. He said, when you get ready to go, we're going to pick you up from the hospital, and we're going to take you to the airport and everything. So Tuesday morning, the doctor came in and he said, well, well we're going to go ahead and release you. Everything looks pretty good. So we're going to go. Your numbers have been, you know, we got the numbers where we need you to be at. And it's just going to be some things that you got to do when you get home. Okay. So they sent the nutritionist in to talk to me. And they, they sent a bunch of doc, different doctors, you know, the person show me how to um, check my uh, glucose when I get home. A person right. showed me how to give myself shots. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a bunch of people that had to come in and talk to me before I was released. And so finally we called the pastor and told the pastor, um, we said, Pastor Burns, we're, we're able to be released. He said, well, good. I'll be around in a few minutes. Now, what I forgot to tell you is he lived five minutes away from the hospital. Mm. So he said, I, that's why I feel like God put you here because you was right yes. in my backyard. Yes, yes, he said, you yes. He said, this is not a coincidence that God dropped you off in my backyard. He said, so how would I be if I allowed somebody to come into our city and I did not take care of them? 
Wow. He said, you're not going to keep me from heaven. And when God comes to me and say, well, you know, uh, Burns, remember when I put this girl in your path and you didn't help them? You didn't mm. do anything for them? You just let them go on and try to get the help that they could, but you didn't try to intervene and help them at all? Jesus. So Tuesday he came, he came around, but well, he he called back and he said, "Do you have some prescriptions here at the um the CVS?" In which I did have some prescriptions. He said, "Well, I'm gonna go by and pick them up." He goes by and gets all my medicine for CVS. The pastor did. Okay. Then he comes and he picks us up from the hospital. He takes us to his um takes us by his church and shows us his church because I asked him was his church close you know close by whatever and right. he uh, takes us by the church and everything and shows us his church then he takes us to his home he cooks dinner for us while we were there at his home oh and my then god he tells me he said well my wife he, at this point he started calling her mom he said we're, we're gonna be your spiritual parents hey, yeah. like we're your spiritual parents he Ooh. said well your mom she laid out the bed for you so if you need to rest and everything because I know you're gonna have a um a late flight so we want you to get some rest and everything before you know you all get on the plane right so um pastor uh sharon burns she said she had to run out for a moment so she runs out and when she comes back she said everything is set for you all so your plane tickets have already been brought this is the time you are leaving and i even got you uh a wheelchair assistance so mm-hmm. that when you get to the airport then you get on in a wheelchair and you won't have to walk through the airport. My God. Because we had to fly to Atlanta. Okay. Because that's where Delta comes out of is Atlanta. Then Atlanta flew us back to Greensboro. Gotcha. Greensboro, North gotcha. Carolina. So, okay. and, and I knew Atlanta airport and I was like, oh my God, there's no way in the world I'm going to be able to walk through Atlanta airport. Because mm. I said, my mind is already hazed. I'm kind of confused already. So, you know, I would definitely be confused in Atlanta airport because I know you have to catch the tram and you have to go up this way. Right, right, right. Dips and turns and everything. But I tell you, the pastors did not miss a beat. They had everything in place. And said, and not only the pastors, and I'm going to say God, God didn't miss a beat. Mm. Because everything was ordained for us. Everything was already in place. Because God already knew the day, the hour, the time. Yes, all of stuff Lord. Happened. Mm. So when we got to that airport, there was a young girl there. Really sweet little girl. Which was a college student. And she had okay. a sign that had my name there. I said, oh my God, it got me a chair. Jesus have mercy. Mm. But before we get, I need to go back for one one moment. Okay. Uh, when they take us to the um, right before we get ready to go to the airport, uh, Pastor um, Johnny Burns he he said I have a card for you, and I want you to read the card before you all leave. So I opened up the card and I read. Inside the card was another four hundred dollars. Jesus. He said, me and me and your mom wanted you all to go home with a thousand dollars in your pocket. We My wanted to bless God. you. Mm. And mm. me and my husband just looking like, oh my God. I mean, we were so speechless. We didn't know what to say because we was like, where did these people come from? Who are they? Are they for real? Right. Like, this kind of act of kindness, mm. you just don't <laughs> see this on an everyday basis. No, you don't. Because people are struggling. People are going through so much in their lives. Yes. So to yes. be able to give like that was just was just overwhelming for us and just a wow. blessing for us. Wow, you know? yes. Uh, and all we could do is tell our kids and share the love and tell our kids about 
how good these people was to us, how good their church was for us, praying for us and just potentially being there for us, you know, it's just, just, it's just to us has been so amazing this journey, mm. and through it all, it's, it's brought me and my husband closer in our relationship. I yes. didn't think that was more possible, but it, wow. Did. Wow. it brought him closer in his prayer life. Mm. It took him a whole level, a whole another no, level with God. Like Thank he's you, praying a lot more. You know, he's reading his Bible. It's like he has more of a hunger for God. Yeah, yeah. So, just like I told my husband and my kids, I said, you know, I may have had to go through this for you all, for you all to see how real God is. And that's that right. God, you know, God is an awesome God. Mm. And God is always there for you. Just when you think you lost someone, I said, at the blink of an eye, I could have been gone. I could have been out of here. That's right. You know, if you think about if I had closed my eyes and went to sleep, if I had gone into a coma, you don't know if I would have been able to come out that coma. Mm. But God said no. God had other another assignment for me. That's so right. He's got me on another level, just to tell people about how good He is. Because right. I am now a walking testimony yes. to tell people. You know, I was thirty minutes from death. Jesus. See, I couldn't say this before. Right, right. But I can right. tell people. You know, I've I've heard people tell stories like this. But I've never actually had to go through this. Mm. But now that I have, I have a testimony to share with others. That's right. People, you know, this is how good God is to me. Hallelujah. And, and even the bus driver, the bus, my husband told me the bus driver, you know, he felt bad dropping us off. Because he's like, I don't want to leave you all up here with no way to get home. Mm. So he said, I'm going to take these people to get some lunch. And then we'll come back and check on you. So my husband said the bus driver came back and checked on us just to make sure so in case, you know, we can get back on the bus because he didn't want to leave us. Wow. But wow. the bus driver was the Christian guy too. So see, all along, God had already passed out the way for us. By yes. A bus driver who was a Christian. In mm. our then, you know, the people at the hospital was just so awesome. Like I said, they was, they was a God sent to me. Amen. And they, they took care of everybody from the CNAs to the to the um, the nurses, the doctors, even um, the cleanup people was just so good to us, you know. And, and every morning they would come in and say, "Y'all, those people," and I'm like, "Well, who are we?" Like, <laughs> and because they would act like like we was celebrities. They was like, "Y'all, the people from North Carolina that got you know stranded up here, and your wife had a DKA and everything." Mm. And these people know my whole story up here. I, they know more about me than I knew about myself up here. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. So, Ooh. through it all, I just say, you know, this 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 walk has just been just uh, a good... I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as a God sent. Yes. I, I just see how God just loved me and how much he loves me and how he has kept his hands on me and my family. Mm. And I just thank God for it. Praise God. Praise God. What an awesome testimony and that you're even able to tell it with so much clarity because this is all still new. 
this this is this year i mean a few months not even a few months ago because july was just last month so it was just last month yeah wow that that is amazing and just to show how god is so merciful towards us because even though y'all didn't know anybody there god already had people in place there just for y'all just so what y'all what you were going through the experience could have been so much worse but because god had already lined it up the way he did you were just able to go through the process and yes it it was probably not a a good time for you but it could have been so much worse for you and i understand because i was diagnosed the beginning of this year as a diabetic and i take metformin and i've I've told everybody i know i never want to take a shot my grandmother was a diabetic and i had to give her her shots and she would hit me if i stuck her wrong or something (laughs) so i had a fear of needles and i thank god it's not as bad as it was but i i really don't think i you know god we can do all things through christ so i don't want to say i could never do it but i don't want to have to do it so i i stay on the straight and narrow i've I've lost weight i'm i'm eating right i'm doing better because i don't want to take shots i don't want to um be that person my heart and my respect goes to people that does because i know people that do have to take shots and they do it you know with ease i'm I'm just not that person yeah you know i had to learn to do it um when we got back home my husband was so tired he was so worn out one day and so one morning I had to get up and give myself a shot and I kept trying to wake him up but he, he was just laying there and I said well God I got to take the shot yes. so I, I don't yeah. know what to do and I was just scared just like you said I was so nervous and scared and I said mm-hmm. so now they do it in the pen like form instead okay. of like the syringe so it's right, like, right. even though that don't make it no better because it still got a needle attached to it right um, right so I just prayed that morning I said God it's you and me I don't know where to go to from here, but I'm going to need you to help me because you know I'm scared. So I just did it real quick, fast and hurry. And after that, I was like, okay, God, I'm okay now. So, but now every day, it depends on some days. Some days when I get ready to do it, because like you said, it still stings. Even though it's a smaller needle, it still stings a little bit. And I'm like, God, I just don't feel like doing this today. But I got to do it. So I just try to go ahead and do it quick, fast, and in a hurry and let the sting get past me, you know. And, and get and, it on out the way. Get it on out the way, that's right. Yes, wow, wow. What an intriguing and, and inspiring story. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and ask, um, is there a book in the works? Do you plan on writing a story? Well, I do. Yes, ma'am. I, I do plan on, uh, I've been taking those uh, every day. I've just been writing down little nuggets every day because I say, God, you know what? Somebody needs to hear this story. Yes. Yes. Somebody yes. needs to know that you are out there to feel that you are a real God. You are a merciful God. You are a good God. And mm. you are there for us because you have a call, a plan, and a purpose for each one of us. So people need to know that. And then people need to know, just like you said, about how to take care of yourself because we say we're going to do it every, you know, Every time I go to the doctor for my uh, physical, and they tell me, okay, you know, you're getting, you're over 50 now, so you, you need mm-hmm. to start doing, you know, losing weight. And I yeah. said, yeah, I'm going to lose weight, you know. Even when I went this year for my physical back in March, and she put me on the met form, she said, you know, your levels are not that bad, so I'm just going to give you some met form. Right. 
Well, the doctor told me at the uh, hospital, he said, truth be told, you should have been put on insulin a year ago. Jesus. I was like, wow. He said, yeah, if you had been put on, on, on insulin a year ago, your levels would never never have gotten like this. Wow. He said, because wow. it got out of control before anybody yeah. could do anything about it, you know. And I said, well, my doctor never showed me how to check my glue clothes. She never told me I need to do any of these things. I said, I just took a physical. because she said that I was good. Jesus. He said, well, yeah, that was not correct. So, uh, but yeah, a, a book is in the worst because people need to know. Yes. Yeah. They need yeah. to know. So, wow. So, so now I'm just like you. I, I watch what I eat. Um, exactly. I, uh, I had to go to a nutritionist and the nutritionist was really good. She told me exactly what I need to do and how to do it and everything. Right. Then I, I go to a diabetes doctor. So I have to go there every so many weeks. So yeah. she kind of keep up with my levels. Right, um, right, right. So I, I still have to, not only do I have to take insulin, where I have to stick myself twice a day, I have to stick my finger three times a day. Yes, and I, I do as well. I stick my finger three times I, a day. I hate that. <laughs> I, I do as well. We have a lot in common. Uh, unfortunately, is this, but we have a lot in common. I hate that finger stick, but it keeps me on top of it. I can tell when, because I think I said last week on my podcast that I, even if I sneak and try to do something, I try to eat something sweet, I automatically feel it. So I yeah. don't even try anymore. I just, you know, my my sister, because we're recording this on a Sunday, it won't air till Wednesday, but we, you know, had church today and it was my daughter, my um, pastor's sister's birthday. So my sister baked her some um, cupcakes, some purple cupcakes, because that was her favorite color. And I looked at those cupcakes and I was like, no, sis, I'm going to pass on the cupcakes. And then I thought about it. I said, you know, I, I'll get one and I probably won't eat all of that one I might eat half and then save half for another time or something but for somebody that was a sweeter holic because I would get a bag of candy and just eat it um it's it's an adjustment but I'm, I'm thankful that God is helping me on this journey as I'm sure he is helping you um oh, to yes. readjust to because life is different now it, it is it this um this is a whole totally new way of life for me yeah um, I eat a lot of baked foods a lot of grilled foods yeah um, and and like nutritious told me, she said more of your plate needs to be green leafy vegetables exactly. than anything else, you know. And if I have, if I want any potatoes or rice or anything, you know, it has to be like brown rice, of course. Right. Uh, and even with that, I can only have a third of a cup, so I have That's to right. measure everything now. So That's right. certain things I can't eat, like you said. Um, my husband he ate some fried chicken yesterday, and I told him, I said, "So you gonna really eat that in front of me?" Because I really want that fried chicken. And he was like, I don't think a piece would hurt you. But see, in my mindset right now, since it's all new to me, I'm like, yes. I don't even want to try it. I don't even want to yes. it. Yeah. So, um, and just like the sweets, I was a sweet holic. Um, and I found some some little things, you know, some little small, it, it looks like a little Oreo cookie. It's a little ice cream sandwich. Okay. And it's only got like 10 carbs of, 10 carbs in there. So, okay. okay. Uh, and I found those at Aldi's. I don't know if you have an Aldi's in your area, but um, they Aldi's, recently put one here. Okay. Well, hey, Aldi's has the best um, vegan and vegetarian desserts and everything like that. Yeah. So yeah. I just okay. go and look on the backs because I, I always thought it was calories that you counted, but the nutrition said no, ma'am, it's carbs. Carbs. Counts carbs. Yes. 
So I'm I'm learning it. So I count my carbs. I'm very strict about what I'm eating now. Uh, I've been walking every day, uh, and just just the little walking has been helping me. So I've lost yes. 20 pounds in a month over a month's time. So yes, yes. Because my goal is to work towards getting off of insulin. Amen. I, I do not want to, uh, even though it's diabetes too, and, and the doctor said, you know, you can get off this insulin. You can beat it. Right. So the only way I can beat it is I have to be really strict about what I'm doing, you know, yes. Yes. And, and being obedient. Obedience is the key to everything that we do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You spoke a mouthful right there, obedience. And we get in certain situations with our health because of lack of obedience. You know, um, with me, I, I ate, I would eat candy sometimes instead of dinner. I'll just get a bag yeah. of roll-ups or something and just sit with that bag and just eat it. And I did that for years. And diabetes running my family, so I don't know why it didn't dawn on me that you shouldn't do this but because i wasn't obedient in my eating you know i ate like how i wanted to eat a lot of fast food especially on fridays i didn't cook on fridays we ate fast food yes. but this has really and i've gotten the house to really adjust to you know they don't want to be eating stuff and i can't eat it so really the house has adjusted to this new lifestyle and it is not a fad or something that we just you know we're gonna pass over because i i and i claim it for you too god God is going to heal us of this. But even in the healing, we still have to do the right thing. We can't go back to doing the stuff that got us here in the first place. So we claim healing and victory in Jesus' name. Amen. But in that, with education as well as what to eat, the green leafy vegetables, learning how to count the carbs, make sure that we keep our sugar levels under control. Just doing the right thing. And and that's obedience. Just yeah, I still want sweet sometimes, but I know I can't eat I know I can't eat it like that. And and knowing what would happen if I do, because I got really sick last year. I got sick towards the end of the year. And I ended up having to go to the emergency room and that's how I found that I was a diabetic. They said the last time I was there, my numbers was really high. But they didn't put me on anything. So when I went back, they was like, Yeah, maybe we have an issue here and i went to the doctor the next few days and they're like yeah we need to check your a1c and when they checked everything they needed to check sure enough so that was an eye awakening moment because i have high blood pressure I had that for years and i think i had done trick myself into well i could skip certain things with the blood pressure and i could eat bacon or whatever because i was a bacon head i love to eat bacon but this diabetes was an eye-opener for me like no i got two of the three top things that african-americans have i have high blood pressure and i got diabetes it's time to wake up it's time to wake up yeah so it, it woke me up um and it was drastic because i just quit I don't eat bacon. I had a piece of bacon the other day and it felt funny in my mouth because I haven't had it in months. But I I know I can't deprive myself fully, but I don't have to go over and and overindulge and stuff either. It's it's moderation and like you said, being obedient. Um, Wow. So I was taking notes of the things that you said with the symptoms because it was like a a month and well a, a week and a day process between when you went on that trip that Sunday morning until you got out of the hospital yes 
but it started with that that thirstiness, that dry mouth, and you all that may hear of these symptoms and you you might be feeling something, don't dismiss it. You know, take note of the things you hear. Take care of our bodies, um, especially if you're older. And even if you're younger, because we have a false sense of security when we're younger that, you know, we're invincible and it'll be okay. No, the quicker you take care of it, you can live a, a life in your golden years that's, you know, you don't have to take medication or whatever, but um, very thirsty, dry mouth, I'm kind of tired, hot in the beginning. Food tasted funny, restless. Yeah, and, and see, the, the reason the food was tasting funny, I had a metallic taste in my mouth. Tastes like it sort of was like metal. Like I mm. told my husband, I said, I can't even describe it to you. I said, because I said, it just felt like metal was a uh, metal taste was in my mouth. So when I would try to eat, it's like I was getting gagged off of the food because I couldn't taste anything. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's and and I, those symptoms sound familiar because um, I went through that, not as drastic. But I, I was going through stuff and didn't know what I was going through. And I did dismiss it as, you know, I'm anemic. So I thought it was my iron being low. So I was all on Facebook asking people, what can I do for my <laughs> anemia? Because I didn't want the big red pills because they made me sick. I couldn't take them. So people were sending me medications and, and uh, sending me stuff through Amazon and messaging me with stuff I could do. But I still felt sick. I felt bad, and when it got to its height in January, New Year's Eve, I, I well, New Year's Day, because the year before on New Year's, I was in the hospital. So fast forward this year, New Year's, I'm in the hospital again, wow. getting checked. So, and, and it was, they noticed that my levels were higher actually than from last year so they they made a point as yeah we believe you you may have diabetes and more likely you do and even though they told me i didn't want to hear it i was like well the doctor gonna you know they'll give me they'll put me back on the big red pills and i'll take them because it's just, it's really just the iron even though the people told me it was my numbers i still <laughs> wanted to believe what i wanted to believe didn't want to hear diabetes because my grandmother died from diabetes she had both of her legs amputated towards the end and she survived the first one but the second one she just didn't have that will anymore and she passed so i i knew that but i didn't take care of myself like i knew That's that. right so yeah this is a wake-up call um I know God has you covered and he had people in place for you to even cover you. And you, you said the cafeteria workers looked out for your husband where he wouldn't have to pay full price for the food. You yes. know, God is just so awesome like that. He is wonderful. He is yes, wonderful. Yes, those yes, those yes. things that we dismiss and, and may not think of because, we, you know, in that moment, he wasn't thinking I'm going to have to, you know, pay full price for my food. But God already had him in mind about yes, yes, taking care of him and taking care so he can take care of you um yes. wow but and, just and the, the, um, the pastors they make contact with us once a week still they still call us they talk to us they pray with us uh, they text us just to check on us you know so that, they, they have been awesome i mean 
I thank God for putting spiritual people into our paths like this. Yes, yes, yes. The, from the bus driver all the way to, and we're going to give a shout out to Pastor Johnny and co-pastor Sharon Burns of New Life Christian Fellowship in Connecticut. You don't, you know, we, like in Savannah, we got a church on almost every two blocks. But every church ain't a church. And I'm just going to just be honest. Right. Every building that says it's a church, you'd be surprised of the stuff that go on in there. And it's not church because we're supposed to take care of people that's right. in need. We're supposed to take care of the less fortunate. And they show the epitome of what the gospel preaches, you know, to take care of those that, that are less fortunate, to take care of those that are sick. They And he said that they had an assignment. Y'all were their assignment and they still stick. You know, it wasn't over when y'all were back in y'all home and, you know, they could get back to normal. Y'all are now their family. That's y'all spiritual parents. Yes, so just God just orchestrates and, and puts things in place for our good. And, and look at a relationship that resulted from something bad. God turns it around for our good. He yes. turned it around to y'all found these people and and they found y'all and because of God y'all are now united and knitted together in Jesus name. Amen. It's beautiful. And and through it all, me and my husband have learned to be givers through this. Yes. And, yes. and like like we talked about, you know, our time is going to come when God's going to place somebody that's going to need help. It may not be nothing that big, but it's going to be a time when we can help someone else. That's right. That's right. And that's the thing. You help within the capacity that you can help, that you can do. They could do what they did. God bless them to be able to do what they did. And they did it. You know, because a lot of people can do big, but they choose to do little because they think they're going to miss it. But we can't beat God giving. Sure can. We can never beat him giving. As, as, as we give, he's going to surely replace it and, and uh, add more to it. So you give and, and God got you. We, we can't look at our pocket and keep our hands so tight that we think, you know, nothing can come out. But God can't put nothing in it either if our hands are tight. So I, I just, oh, let me finish these symptoms. So we can okay. run because I, I done got caught up. <laughs> I do that now. I get caught up in the conversation and get sidetracked. Thank God for notes. But um, restless, shortness of breath, um, and eventually losing consciousness, and and your hands, and and this that's the thing that got me. So your hands were actually sh shrinking. My hands, he, my husband said, my hands had started shriveling up like a razor and turning blue. And turning blue, yeah. He said that's what he knew. Without shadow, that I need to go to the hospital. Right, right. That's amazing. That's. I think that's the first time I ever heard that. You know, I've heard of people because my hands swell sometimes. Um, I used to do warehouse work back in the day and I got hooked to a bad um, pallet jack. And all night I was trying to work with this pallet jack and every, and this been years ago. And now my left hand, my right hand just swells. And I know that's the muscles in my hand. And sometimes if my blood pressure is up, you know, I swell, I mm -hmm. accumulate fluid. But I've never heard of the shriveling, the opposite. That's that's something. Um, it had to have been scary for him, as yeah. you being his wife and him having to see you, your body transforming like that. Yeah, it it was. I mean, like I said, he he was totally devastated, totally devastated. You know, we I know he was. We finally got back to our own home. You know, he he just prayed and he was he finally you know broke down. 
he broke down and cried. He said, you know, I almost lost you. He said, but I just thank God that I did not. He said, because you don't know what I seen. He said, and I just what to do. Wow. And, and had the strength to call your children and let them know what's going on and them hearing that their mom is like that. I know they immediately probably just want to get to you. But like he said, you know, you probably would, wouldn't would have wanted to, them to see you like that. Yeah. And then there's no telling what kind of reaction they would have had to seeing you like that. So that's called a, the take being the head and actually taking the leadership and saying, no, you know, y'all don't need to see your mom like this. She wouldn't want y'all to see her like this. And him making that assertion that's Doing what's best for the family. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, right. that's you know, that's a godly man. And and that's what we need more of. And not folded under the pressure. And, and yeah, you said he broke, you know, when y'all were home and, you know, things were calm. You know, it finally did weigh on him where he could break. But at that time, he was being strong for his wife and strong that's for right. his children that weren't there. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, it's just... Just uh, and I didn't know. I know I you put in the email what your story was going to pertain to, but you didn't give details. That's why, and I don't like details. I like to hear when everybody else, you know, hears to get that, so I can have that. Like, wow, look at Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> look at I mean. God. Look at God. This is just, you know, because if I know the story, then it's like, you know, I I don't want to act excited. I want to be excited, and I'm so. Happy for what God did for you in that moment where the enemy was honestly trying to take you out. <laughs> the enemy, whatever God, whatever the purpose is for you and your husband's life, because if the enemy's purpose did come to pass, your husband wasn't going to be able to do nothing. He like my husband. If something happened to me, he, he don't know he's going to fall apart. Yeah, so the enemy plan is to, to, to get at the core. You know, the man is the head, but as 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 a wife and his love for you, if something happened to you, you're going to shut down. So whatever yeah. God's purpose is for y'all, the enemy really tried to take you out to block it. But we pray right now in the name of Jesus that y'all not only survive, but thrush and thrive in the name of Jesus. That one day in your will, Lord, that she don't have to take those insulin shots, Lord God. In your timing, Lord, we thank you right now thank for Gloria. We just we just send praises to her and her husband and her children and grandchildren, Lord God. Thank you for strengthening them in even closer in their marriage lord god in the name of jesus we know that we could do all things through you and through you they are able to come closer and be a representative of your word of your just giving a sure and true testimony of your goodness and your grace lord god so father we just we just we love them in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for thank Pastor Johnny and, and Co-Pastor Sharon and showing their agape love. Because that's agape love in its rarest form that a church would come together and help strangers and, and still help them even the more. Had a certain amount that God probably told them they wanted. He wanted y'all to have before y'all went back in the name of Jesus. So we thank you for divine intervention. Thank we thank you for your power power, Lord God, that yes, you Lord. rose with on the third day in Jesus' name. And we call it all said and done, Lord, and we say amen. Amen, amen. and amen, amen to the Spirit of Christ. Amen. You have truly 
truly blessed me today. You just don't know. Um, and that's the purpose of a testimony. A testimony is to let people see that God can move in anybody in any circumstance. I don't care how it looks. God has the final say so and he was not ready for you. I don't care what the enemy did. God was not ready for you to come home. So he 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 brought it back. He brought you back. And, and you're going to be better than you were before in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I, I want you to. I want you to claim that. And yes, when you get that book done, I want to invite you back so you can tell us so that we can get those sales going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, do you have any final words that you would like to say before we end? No, I just thank God for um, just talking with you all and, and just I just thank God just for who he is. Amen. Awesome Amen. What an awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Well, I'm going to have your bio on when I do the blast on Wednesday to put the podcast out there and I'll send you a copy as well or through email okay. and you can spread it as well but if you like to send an email to the podcast send it to a woman's soul restored at gmail.com the website is www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net and also the Facebook page is a woman's soul restored so look forward to putting your story on the website it'll be on there Thursday for all to see and I hope people I'm going to send you a friend request as well okay. um, I want to keep in touch with you and because yes, you're a special woman There's, a, I, I don't have to meet you even through the phone you can feel the anointing so I just thank God for you um, being willing to share because some people like to keep stuff to themselves and that's why God don't get his glory because we're trying to hoard it but we got to tell of God's goodness and his grace and he has surely been merciful to you and your family during that time when the enemy tried to take your life glory to God glory to God I just want to say just a special thank you to you for you being obedient to God and Mm. you doing what God has called you to do Jesus. You know, so many people wouldn't do this, what you're doing, but you wasn't afraid to start your podcast and to get people's stories out here and let other people know about how good God is. Hallelujah. So I thank God for that. I pray that he would just bless you and see mm. abundantly and pour out many blessings upon you and Hallelujah. all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And on that note, we're going to say amen, 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 amen to the spirit of Christ. I love you, my sister. If it's anything we can do for you, just let us know. And if it's in our power, we'll make it happen. Amen. Amen. So for a woman's soul restored, this has been Gloria Lord. And I am Latanya Hendry. Be blessed. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.